Thank you for tuning in to this episode of the Oswego Alumni Podcast. The views and opinions expressed in this episode are those of the guests and do not necessarily reflect the views of the Oswego Alumni Association, SUNY Oswego, or any of its officials. Welcome to the Oswego Alumni Podcast. I'm your host, Dee Perkins. Today, we're talking with Cameron Jones, class of 2007. Cameron is living the dream of every broadcasting major who has come through the doors at SUNY Oswego. His current position is Manager of Development and Integrated Content Strategy, Race and Culture at ABC News, and he's graced the stages of Good Morning America, but got his start right here in Syracuse at WSTM Channel 3. And of course, he counts among his friends, our favorite weather person, Al Roker. Thanks for joining us, Cameron. Thank you, I'm happy to be here. Um, I, uh, it's so funny you said I graduated in 2007. I actually graduated in 2009, but there is dispute because officially I was done with my program in 2008, but I did stick on until spring 2009 um, so that I did an internship at WSCM, which at the time, which is much different than now, you can figure 15 years back, 15 years forward, you had to get credit. It wasn't about being paid. So I, I needed to get college credit. So I had to be matriculated. Um, so I, I stayed on for the semester. So a lot of times people do confuse my graduation date, but I, I'm always between either 2007 or 2009, but officially 2009. <laughs> well, well, let's just make you younger, right? 2007. <laughs> Whatever makes it work. So, you know, you really set me up for my first question, which is you have a great story about Syracuse newscaster and legend Jackie Robinson at WSTM. She gave you some great advice on how to get on the national stage um, one day when you were kind of feeling down. And can you tell us that story? I think it's a great way to kick off your story. Yeah, I mean, there, there's so many Jackie Robinson nuggets. Um, she was... Well, first and foremost, when I first stepped foot in the station, um, it was because of Laura Han, um, another legend there in Syracuse. Uh, she was actually at a career fair in Oswego, and I went and I was like, hey, I'm looking for an internship. She was like, oh, yes, like email me. Let's, let's figure this out. We had a really great conversation, and then she connected me with the producers, and then fast forward, I was there. So my first day, I'm, I'm sat at an open desk in the station and I, I don't know where I'm at. I'm just like, just thinking I'm at some like, you know, that's where the intern sit. And then um, lo and behold, one by one, the, the lead anchors start to file in. So Matt Mulcahy, Jackie Robinson, um, uh, Wayne, uh, Wayne that did weather. They Wayne Mahar. Yeah, they just started rolling in and I'm just like, wait, are they, they, sitting right like out here with with me like with everyone and I would immediately I, I was like I didn't know what to say what to do they were all welcoming they said hello are you the intern I was like yes um and so immediately Jackie and I took a liking and uh went out for a story came back uh this is the first day and I, I didn't know, I didn't know where the edit rooms were I didn't know <laughs> where the bathroom was get back with the reporter. He's like, I need you to log video. I need you to, uh, you know, upload captions. I need you to transcribe. I need you to do this and do that. And I'm just like, uh, okay, taking the notes. 
And I was like, I don't know where to begin with this. And I was so nervous. I felt like a failure because I'm like, oh my God, like I have this internship. What am I going to do? And I remember I was like, all right, Cameron, you run into the newsroom. There has to be somebody there that can help you. Just this, it has to be at least one person. So I run into the newsroom. The only person there was Jackie Robinson. And I'm just like, oh my God. I like, do I ask her? Like, oh, I don't know. It's no one else here. So I just went up to her and I said, hi, Jackie. It was such a pleasure to meet you earlier. Um, it was on the story with Brandon. I need to uh, upload these things. And I, I honestly, I don't know where to begin. And she was like, oh, no problem. She pulled out a cheat sheet, took me to a computer, pulled everything up and, and showed me like the, the ins and outs of it. And it was such a, a, a relief because in my mind, I, I was afraid to ask for the help. And so she reminded me that it didn't matter who the person was, that you can always ask for help, that um, it, it, it's not one person that gets these shows up. It, it takes multiple people and we all have to start somewhere and we all have to learn. And that's when she started to tell me her story of being you know, there in Syracuse and it was lacking of diversity and she had the scholarship. She went to Syracuse and she became the first uh, news anchor there, black woman, uh, a part of that station. And I mean, that whole region and her, you know, her story is, 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 um, is legendary. And I was like, that is who I'm working with? And I was just mind blown. And so from that moment on, I approached everything differently. I wasn't like, I like I hit the ground running no matter where I went. So when I started at Good Day New York and which is the flagship uh, Good Day New York brand, well, Good Day brand because they have Good Day Washington, Good Day, you know, LA. And so I enjoyed um, being able to go there and not feel intimidated by anybody. Um, when I started at Good Morning America, I went there not being intimidated by anybody, but that was only because Jackie empowered me. She gave me the, the awareness to be self-aware to say, no, I belong here. I, I matter just as much as anyone else. And so that, that has stuck with me. I've never lost it. We met um, when you came, I believe it was the calm dinner and uh, there was an award where you won um, it was a young alumnus award, something I'm not entitled to, but you you won the award and Jackie was there. And uh, I've been in the Syracuse media scene for a long time. And I went up and talked to her and she talked about you like a proud mom. She really thinks the world of you. So I, you know, I hope I'm, I'm gracing you with that information right there. That, that uh, That's lovely to hear. I, I feel it. I do feel it from her. As someone that's in my my phone to this day. We text, uh, we talk on the phone, um, even after all these years. And it, it's it's been almost fifteen years from the, the time that I, I started there uh, at the station. Um, and I'm also I think I'm right in between her children, like uh, her oldest son and her her youngest daughter. I think I'm like right smack dab in the middle. And so. Um, I think she's always she's taken she's taken me in as a, another son and it's it's been so enriching. You have so many things I could talk about on your LinkedIn profile, so many successes and and really cool things. Uh, I'm not gonna I'm gonna hold up and ask you 
you must have met some celebrities, even though you talk about not being nervous around certain people, you must have met some people that kind of took your breath away and said, wow, pinch me. I can't believe I made it. Um, what comes to mind when I ask you that question? Ooh, um, there's a few. One, I'll start internally. Uh, back in 2013, uh, I was recognized by the president of our, of our news division uh, as the MVP uh, for my outstanding work at the time. And I was completely thrown off. I was brought to an executive editorial meeting with other like senior executives and producers. And I'm just like, well, what am I doing here? I, I'm, I'm, not, I'm just a, a small guy, uh, little did I know. Uh, the president said, let's switch gears. And he said, uh, we wanna recognize someone for their, their work here and their contributions. And so as I'm listening to him describe this person, not thinking it's me, I was thinking like, I would love to meet this person. I see similarities. I see um, things that we have in common, but I was like, but it, it sounds very familiar, but I couldn't, I couldn't register who the person was. So it wasn't until he started talking about specifics that only people who would know me would know, like my favorite artists, um, my community service and things that I, I actually did. I was like, wait, are they talking about me? But why would they be talking about, what did I do? <laughs> so of course they loved that reaction. It was like, it was like producing television. They loved those like, oh my God, that big surprise. And so um, at the end of it, they gave me the acknowledgement and you know this is simulcast around our, our 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 globe wherever we do news. So Los Angeles, DC, overseas. So all the employees, everybody knows about this instantly. So I'm just like I was immediately like put out there on the spot, and it was just it was overwhelming. I went to an editorial meeting at Good Morning America afterwards, and they all stood up and they clapped for me, and I'm just like, wow, what what where what have I done to 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 it was like, I mean, I knew I, I did great work, but it's like, I do it because that's, that's what I'm here to do. So um, he says, uh, any of the MVPs, they get to go out uh, or have a meeting with anyone they want within the company. And I'm just like, really? Like, are you serious? Like what, Barbara Walters? And he was like, yeah, Barbara Walters. And I was like, you gotta be kidding me. Um, he's like, no, we're not. You can have time with Barbara Walters. And so I had time with Barbara Walters. <laughs> um, in fact, oh my God, that's amazing. That is amazing. Um, I um, had a meeting with her. We, and I had this book. She has a book called Audition, which I still have. Um, and I, I, I prepared. I, I prepared questions because I'm like, I, what if she was dry? What if she was short? What if she was in a rush? I, you know, I had to prepare for all, you know, like an interview. And I remember going to meet with her and she had an office on the 12th floor or something like that in the building. And I remember when her assistant knocked on the door and opened it for me, it was like she had a, a glass table and it was in an L shape and she was facing the, the window. And when it said, Cameron Jones is here, 
I remember she spun around her chair with delight. It was almost like cinematic, like a movie. Like she was, like, I imagine this in my mind. She worked her entire career <laughs> interviewing presidents and, and dignitaries and notables and celebrities just to sit in her office to wait for me to come there to talk to her. That's what it felt like because she spun around in slow motion. And well, at least it felt in slow motion to me. She spun around and she was like, welcome, come in and have a seat. And in my mind, I was just like, what is happening right now? So I remember sitting down and I was like nervous and like trying to like keep my cool and, and just talk to her like she's a regular person because she is um, just a legendary one, but just as regular as anyone else. And it was a great conversation. I mean, we talked about everything. I remember I said to her, I was like, you accomplished so much in your career. What would you say was the time where you felt like you've arrived, you, you, you've established yourself. And she said, last week. <laughs> oh my God. At that time, she said last week and she said it so humbly. And she just went on to tell me that, you know, we don't, we, we don't have a, a career where we sell insurance, right? We are not, you know, we're not in, a, in an ambulance. We're not you know, operating on, on you know, things and, and machinery, we get to tell stories and we get to connect with people and connect with audiences. And that's been the truest thing for her. And she said that um, if this is what you wanna pursue, then it's the same effect. You're connecting with people, don't lose sight of that and don't lose sight of yourself. Um, and I mean, she said so many other things, I think I might have to leave that for a book. But um, I remember she wrote in her, the book to me, um, which she had given to me. And in the book, um, I'm going to read the quote. Can I read the quote? Oh, of course. Um, I had said to her, because the name of the book is called Audition. And I was telling her a lot of what I was looking to do in my career, which I won't say just yet uh, what I said to her. But um, ultimately, I told her some goals that I had in mind, and she was like, you definitely can do it. So she wrote to me, she says to Cameron, who is auditioning, and will make it, Barbara Walters. Uh, you can't see it, but... Uh, oh, it, there we go. No, hold it, hold it back. So it's there. I mean, it's, it's in cursive, but... So, like, I keep this on my bookshelf, and it's, it's that reminder that from me being a small kid watching news specials and just television and you know, seeing her and it's like, I came full circle. Last thing I'll tell you, I said to her is that um, I had applied for a job at The View. And she was like, you did? I didn't see you. I was like, oh, I didn't get the job. And she goes, but you look at you, you turned out so well. <laughs> <laughs> and um, so yeah, that was a phenomenal, phenomenal experience. To, Sometimes uh, the ones you don't get are, are better for, it's better for you to not get them because of what comes after. Definitely. So I've heard that you were in the same room with Oprah. Yes. <laughs> That's right. I'm supposed to ask you, does she, does she smell as good as I've heard? Is she, is she just completely She's as lovely? Fabulous 
and as esteemed and as wonderful as 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 people have heard her to be, I would say is probably even more uh, magnified, even for herself. I remember she used to say things like um, she would always be afraid to either talk about herself or show up at certain places because you know she didn't she didn't want people to think she was too full of herself. But then she got to a point where she realized that no, my life is big. It's big for a reason. It, it's full. Like I need to embrace that. I, I, that's not something I should hide from. And so um, when I first met her, it was at Good Morning America 10 years ago, this year, actually, um, October. And uh, we knew she was coming. She was guest co-hosting. And I wasn't sure if I would have any interaction with her, honestly. But I was just thankful to be there at that point in my career. I had just started at ABC. And so to, to be squarely planted is such a... Uh, optimal opportunity to experience that I was like wow this is huge and so uh, after the show um, the producers we all went back upstairs to the production offices and getting ready to go back uptown and she was leaving and so we kind of kept a clear path for her so that she didn't have to wait for the elevator and she could go immediately downstairs and out uh, of the building and so um <clears throat> Initially, when she got there, she had stopped in the production office to say hello to everybody when she first came. And that was early because, you know, GMA, it's, it's live at 7 Eastern. So she was there much before then, you know, to get prepped and ready. And so she came and she was like, hey, everybody. And so um, I was standing in the doorway texting or emailing or whatever was in my phone. And I remember <clears throat> somebody saying, hey. And I'm just like, I, I, I didn't look forward because I heard like shock and awe behind me because I was in my phone. I'm just like, what are you guys yelling about? And then I turn and I look and she was standing right in front of me. And I remember just standing. I didn't know what, I didn't have a word. I didn't say anything. And one of my colleagues had a camera because he does styling uh, for a lot of the, the guests and, and, and hosts and things. So he, he was like, oh, get a picture. And then I just, I remember, I, I think I gave her a hug. I don't even think, I don't even remember words coming out of my mouth. And she just embraced me and, 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 and smiled. And she was so warm and friendly and welcoming to everyone. I mean, she took a picture with everyone who, who asked. I mean, she was such a class act. Um, so much so that, at the time, there was a, a script coordinator. He uh, worked overnight. They come in at uh, midnight and they work through the run of the show. And so they're, you know, they're they're not a, a job where you can like go to the bathroom. Like, I mean, they can, but it's high stakes. You know, they're running scripts up and down to the to the desk. And so um, he loved Oprah, and he uh, almost missed the chance to get a, to meet her. And I remember one of our colleagues um, knew he was coming and didn't want to miss her. So um, she was like, Oprah, wait, can we get just one more? And then her security was kind of like ushering her forward. And she turned around, she goes, of course. And she stopped and came back and, and, and met him. It was such a beautiful moment to see. And then every other moment I had with her was either um, through uh, a press situation where I, I was working on red carpet for Tribeca Film Festival. 
um, which was another extraordinary experience um, to have interviewed her on the red carpet uh, with a, a friend of mine who's, who's a dear friend um, for me now. Interviewed um, her on the red carpet for that. Um, did a behind the scenes with her for Good Morning America for The Color Purple um, when it came back to Broadway, um, which I ended up being like in the background of her interview that she did for her, her own network highlighting the special. Um, there was a charity event that I, I did that she and I ended up on stage and I uh, uh, was there for that. She had a, her, her life tour, I was there for that, um, where she interviewed Michelle Obama and, and we had a, a picture after that and then we took pictures and we kind of like had dinner. It was like a whole mixing and mingling in the room uh, with her and some other uh, um, celebrities. It was, it was just beautiful. I mean, every encounter I've had, I've always felt very enriched um, and, and thinking of the possibilities of life and, and moving forward. So it's, it, I only have great things to say. <laughs> Most people do. Most people only have great things to say about her, but I love hearing the story. I really do. We should get to what your role is now. I read your current position and Hank Cheat Sheet, I got it right off LinkedIn, but it's a long title and it covers a lot. Um, why don't we talk about what you do on a daily basis? What is your role at ABC News? Yes. So I started ABC in 2012. Um, I worked at GMA. I took a detour and went into ad sales. I came back to the network and I was chief of staff to the president, um, well, two presidents. And then I got this new role um, in November. And so what I was really looking forward to doing was working in a job where I can build content um, and be in management at the same time. And so this was the perfect marriage of content development and management. And this specific role is aimed at reaching diverse audiences. So um, right now we're working on specials, uh, cultural specials that are forthcoming. So like Juneteenth, Pride, uh, Asian um, heritage that are coming up in the next two months. Um, outside of the cultural specials, I get to work with third-party productions to come up with other ways to tell unique stories that live outside of the tropes and the rhetoric that we often hear. So when you think of um, critical race theory, for example, we report on it in our daily, you know, briefings and, and things you see on the on the cycles of the shows from GMA to World News and Nightline, but. In my world of, of integrated content strategy, I have coveted space to tell these stories with nuance, with context, with uh, bandwidth that's uh, able to really drill down to get into the heart of the stories and, and why it's even happening. So thinking of critical race theory, it's something that has been co-opted uh, based on partisanship and, and policy and, and rhetoric but it's not actually addressing what it is and why it's important. And so the work that I get to do is have brainstorms with producers, come up with specials and ideas and special programming to be able to share those stories with our viewers in a way that connects to diverse audiences that informs, entertains, enlightens, and really builds out um, a perspective that we often don't get to see every day. So, that's really the, the heart and soul of the work that we do. 
So all the Oswego students want me to ask, is there a Oswego Syracuse pipeline into ABC? Because we have David Muir as the anchor person, and then you have a very important role. Does a resume with Syracuse on it or Oswego on it get a little extra attention? Well, I, I, I'd like to say that there's a huge, huge community for um, upstate schools like Oswego and Syracuse. I also did my master's there um, in business administration. And I would say that there's a lot of people, um, and that's a, a good question because a lot of times students, and I, I get why a lot of schools, and Oswego is not the only one, they market certain, um, uh, I won't say professions, but career paths, I guess is the right uh, uh, way to say it that are most uh, attractive to get people to explore what's in that field. So Al Roker has been a very big beacon for myself, our Suigo students, um, past and present. But obviously being on air is not the only career path. And so what's great is that I see so many and run into so many Oswego grads, and Syracuse grads that work in technical positions, they work in crew positions, they work in you know, all kind of producing jobs, um, behind the scenes, management roles. Um, and, and, you know, you have the ones on air like Steve Levy and Linda Cohen um, on ESPN and, and people like Candace Gibson, who was with ABC. He went over to MSNBC. Now he's at a CBS affiliate in uh, Miami. Uh, I mean, there's so many. Rich Wolf, who is also a, a mentor of mine, he was a grad from Oswego. He was the, one of the first people I met at ABC when we did a panel um, a little more than 15 years ago uh, at ABC, which is how I, I got there. And then it was a pleasure to work with him up until the point that he retired because he was there for about 35 years. And so, I mean, and he didn't work in a, um, uh, in a, 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 a show. He worked in broadcast operations and engineering. So he worked in the telecommunication space uh, with satellites and all of the technical things that happen between the, the show getting into the airwaves and into your television screens or your mobile devices. He worked in that space. So there's been such a diversity of alum from both schools that I've encountered that run the gamut of, of, of roles that I don't see as much with other schools, <clears throat> um, at least here in New York, because obviously those are essentially uh, New York schools. Um, but you do, of course, have others. But I think there's a, a definitely something in, in that system of Syracuse and Oswego, um, both from producers and technical and you name it. Did you feel your experience at Oswego kind of got you ready for um, you get to ABC and, you know, they throw things at you. you. You have a myriad of things that you've done there. I always think that my experience in Oswego got me ready for here, you're going to do this. And now you're going to do this. I mean, you talked about satellite. I worked in satellite rate. I worked in the business of getting shows on radio up on the satellite. So I've done that and I'm on camera with you right now. You know, it's Oswego prepared me to do whatever it need. you know, whatever is needed, I, I will step up and do. Do you feel like Oswego kind of gave you that experience? Oh, absolutely. I think, I think Oswego was always uh, an inspiring uh, journey for me because I started off as a journalism major and then I switched over to broadcasting. 
And that was because just before I did Oswego, I did a, a journalism workshop at NYU that summer, uh, just before I came to Oswego in August. And it kind of got my mind turning around journalism and broadcasting and mass communications because I'm old enough to know a world where there was no Facebook, where there wasn't a smartphone, where your career path was like, you're gonna be a beat reporter for a newspaper or you'll be lucky if you get a job at a local station. It wasn't, I didn't have aspirations to be a digital video reporter or a social media manager. Or that, that wasn't even a thing to dream up. And so what was beautiful about Oswego was that I got to paint that journey as I grew. And by the time I finished, based on my internship, I was seeing things that were changing within the industry, just trends. I mean, even in 2009, I mean, it wasn't attributed to be reporting from Twitter or news agencies utilizing those platforms to say, we're putting out a statement on this social media platform of, of, of relevant story or something that is actually um, information to be disseminated. That wasn't codified or, or it wasn't something that was, was thought to be legitimate. And so... For me, what's great about Oswego is that by my sophomore year, I was talking to my vice. I was like, I don't think I should just be a journalism major. I should broaden this to be more um, layered across the, the platforms because it's not just about reporting on uh, a newspaper. It's not just about being on television. It's not just about radio. And, and like there's digital media is coming. And, and I was able to harness and utilize that understanding and chart my course at Oswego to prepare myself. So by the time I graduated, I was already fully immersed in broadcasting mass communications. So I was able to hit the ground running once I finished the program. So I see you're pretty prolific on social media and I too lived prolific. in a week. <laughs> prolific, yes. I have my degree. <laughs> that's, a, that's a good word. <laughs> um, I, I see you're on Twitter and you're on Instagram. I, I tend to like pick one and I go with it. And I, my guess is that you're, you're choosing Twitter um, as your place to express yourself. Do you have any advice? I think it's a tough world right now. Um, you know, getting into this interview, I went through your Twitter field to find out you love Tony Braxton and you're not, <laughs> you're not, you not so happy about running right now, which I love. I love, I love, I love you. You know, you basically put out there, I'm doing this to lose weight, like, right? I mean, love hate with running, right? I do. I've had to learn to embrace it because um, I think this is a great, you didn't mention this part, but I'm going to mention it because you mentioned the running part. That's tied to my mental health. And what I realized during the pandemic is that which was always there, like um, all of the things we worry about, the things that we're concerned with, things that we struggle with, they're always there. Um, and, and instances like the pandemic only make them rise up and feel it all at once, you know? Magnify, absolutely magnify right. it, whether, yes. Whether you're a student, a parent, a caregiver, a provider, whatever your station in life, you're going to feel every single part of your challenge all at once in a pandemic. Um, whether you have means, whether you don't have means, you're going to feel the heat of whatever you deal with. 
And so I found myself constantly either overthinking things or concerned or worried. And I'm just like, get your mind off of this. So I started um, riding my bike because I, I didn't even have a bike at that point. I hadn't rode a bike in years. And I was like, get a bike, go, go for a ride. And so I started riding a bike and that was beautiful. But then, you know, you live in the Northeast, you can't ride the bike all year round. So then I'm like, I like that. I got out, I listened to music. It was great. But then now I'm, I'm home and it's the winter time. How do I keep myself going? And so I found that running actually gave my body a purpose because it, it says you, you're, you're sweating, you're tired, um, you need water, you got to eat. Like I'm giving my body a duty to, 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 to keep itself working and moving and, and building and developing. And so it allowed me to really develop a stream of consciousness that was more healthy for me to then approach whatever challenges that I had or any difficulties that I was facing, whether it was work or personal. And it was a, a chance for me to just say, I hate doing this, but it's helping me at the same time. So I had that love-hate with it, as you acknowledged. Um, so that was actually a good question. You just, you just, you just went round and round on why you love it. Why do you hate it? Um, well, one, okay. I don't like community. I don't want to be seen sweating. I don't want to be outside running. Um, that's the last thing I want to do. Um, it, 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 working up the desire to just go and do it. I don't like that part. Um, it's just it's just not my thing um my friends are like oh come join my running group i was like that's the last thing i want to do is run with people because i i when when i'm on when i'm in a zone d i don't want distractions and i feel like being a part of a group is like oh tell me about this or what i don't i really just came here for the run um it's almost like i i think of it like going to the bank. I'm not going to the bank to make friends. I just want my transaction and I want to get out of here. I'm, of course, I'm always going to be Cameron and, and welcoming and cordial and sweet, but sometimes I just want to be to the point and go. With the running, I, I'm already, I really don't want to do it. And then now to have a community and then, you know, it's, it's just, it's like, um, I guess for those who, who, who don't want big birthday parties, to like surprise them with a cake and all that, this just overwhelmed. I become overwhelmed by the running and all of that. It just overwhelms me, but embracing it has been helpful for my body, but me feeling for it, it's not always natural. <laughs> I completely agree. I, 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 we're gonna get in so much trouble, but I'm a biker. I'd rather be on my bike and, and biking generally is a solitary, you're not yes. joining a group of 20 people riding your bike. You're just like solitary. Hey, how are you doing over there? Like, you just <laughs> keep going. <laughs> <laughs> and I never felt like my body got used to the lung capacity you need for running. I always felt like I was extraordinarily out of breath, whereas biking, for whatever reason, I always feel like I'm ready for it. I, I can do it. So it's, it's just one of those things. All right, like quick last one, because I know we're going a little long, but Tony Braxton, yep, yep, is, yep, you yep, tweet yep. to her all the time. Are you friends or do you just <laughs> love her? Um, that is such a good question. I have seen her every year since 2013, uh, one to three times a year. 
and that was either if she was performing or she had some event in town I was there uh, I've taken my mom to a show I've introduced my mom to her um, that was great um, I, I, I was there when her when she announced her retirement from music I was there when she came back with her first project after retire, saying she retired I was there when she came on Broadway for the first time since I think Cinderella. Um, and I also was there when she did her like first like major tour since like everything that has happened to her. And so for me, I just always loved her because her music has always spoke to me from even when I was a young kid. And so I would never say that I'm a friend. Um, I always think that's weird to say about somebody that that's notable, but I have I have I have shared my my love and appreciation to her. She knows of it uh, and and directly from me, and and I have videos with her, and then she's been so sweet and affectionate and always so adoring. So I just I respect her for that because um, not only just for my sake, I've been in 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 the environment whether it's after a show or behind stage. And somebody is like, oh, hey, can I? And she's just always very sweet and very generous with her time. And so I really appreciate that from her, especially uh, given the time period where she came up. She's not like part of this whole new like social media and, and entertainment kind of space that we're in now. She's part of that like old school legacy kind of like you just know them for the music and, you know, other things. But like she's just about the music and and so I love that about her. And, and I just, she's just been so sweet and, and generous. I, I, I can't speak enough about her. Best Toni Braxton jam for those who don't know her. Oh, that is such a hard one to, to do. I would say any song uh, for starters, it's like the Toni Braxton starter kit, her first album. You listen to that start to finish and you can get to everything else. Uh, another sad love song um seven whole days um this is a good question d <laughs> i told you i was gonna get you <laughs> how many ways um you mean the world to me breathe Unbra again unbreak I, my heart unbreak my heart honestly i somebody said to me that song is so sad how do you listen to it i was like well see that's the thing about music it it, it captures you not with always what's said in the lyrics, but what is behind it. So I hear her voice and I often go right to, to when it happened. Like she was in a studio and she was singing this song and I'm hearing her voice. So this is her expression of her instrument and I'm hearing her instrument at its peak and it's beautiful. And so I think for myself, how can I have that effect with my own work? How can I, I, I provide that same energy and passion and, it, and it, you feel it in my work. How do I create that for myself? And that's what inspires me when I hear her voice. It's, it's so unique, it's so rich, it's sultry. And so I think like if she can perform that at, at that level and be magnificent, how can I also deliver that? So. I'm not listening to like anything sad or feeling something sad. I'm, I'm feeling empowered. I'm feeling energized just because of how she's using her, her voice. Um, 
So, yeah. I, I could have listened to you talk about her all day long. I love I love hearing somebody talk about something that they're a fan of. And yeah, so she's, um, she's 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 wonderful, wonderful. So our final question is this one. Um, it is your Oscar speech. So if I were to give you an Oscar uh, for best performance or best production, um, and you had the opportunity to thank some people uh, for the wonderful career that you're still having and so much to come in the future, I'm, I'm making it long because I know most people are like, ah, I don't know who to thank. <laughs> um, who would you thank? See, you're getting good, get me a trouble. I can't, I don't know. I can't. Um, well, okay. Wow, that's a, that's a, I'm not usually stumped, but you. Uh, how about this? I'll give you a hint. It's, you know, start with us, we go people. Were there professors, roommates, people that you lived with who really kind of got you on your way? That kind of um, thing. I, I would say, in terms of the, the uh, if I could say Oswego, um, I mean, there's just so many. Um, I was actually with the side story with, with some friends last night and um, was talking about the community that I have, specifically at Oswego. It, it ran from students, students that I didn't even know, um, from students that I did know, from professors and even President Stanley, now Chancellor Stanley. Um, so I, I, I couldn't name a specific one because it was a, a like Oswego was a huge community for me. Still is to this day. I, I, I can't tell you how many times I come across students. Um, I was at a, a, a restaurant in New York, D, and I came forward and told the hostess my name. And she said, Cameron Jones, did you go to Oswego? And I'm just like, wait, I didn't even know who the girl was at the time. She had a mask on, but then she told me, oh, I remember you, you came for the media summit. And then I was like, oh, I remember that now. And so it, it would be too many to, to list in that case. But what I will say is that um, there were some really important people who invested time with me. So that would be a person like Deborah Stanley. When I ran for essay president, I didn't win. There was a whole situation with that as to what happened um, on campus. And she really empowered me to know that the change I wanted to see didn't require me to have any position. And that I just had to take my um, passion and really go and put it into places where I felt it needed to be. Um, people like, um, uh, Howard Gordon, Kathy Santos. I mean, those were really great individuals. Um, uh, Dr. Edwards, uh, um, Rich Skolnick. Um, I mean, uh, Linda Loomis. Linda Loomis was my journalism uh, advisor, and she told me that I was the best advisor. That I was my best advisor, and 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 I was like, "You're telling a twenty-year-old that? Like, what does that mean?" And she was like, you're gonna figure it out. You're your best advisor. You don't need me to tell you anything because you're gonna, you're gonna figure this out. And empowered me, Linda empowered me. Lou Borelli, um, I met him on a whim by introduction by President Stanley. And you know, not thinking he would pay me any attention, but he did. And he listened, he responded to my emails. And 
that meant the world to me. Um, of course, Al Roker. Um, I, I haven't shared this publicly before, but when I graduated, um, his other brother, Chris Roker, who's another uh, dear friend and frat brother of mine, uh, they were like, how can we help? What do you need? And I, I'm like, uh, I need a job. <laughs> and they just, they made themselves available. They, they responded to me. They gave me tips and pointers and were resources. I mean, I could go on. I don't want to miss anybody by continually to name names. But I, I will say that um, life has been great in the sense that I didn't come from what I obtained, but going to a place like Oswego, um, being willing to, to deepen my bow, to wanting to try better, to be better, I found a path for myself. And along the way, met people who, who dropped a couple of coins in my bucket to give me more inspiration to carry forward with my dream and my vision. And I couldn't be more grateful for it. I think uh, all the time when I landed at Oswego, um, I, I, didn't, I didn't go for orientation. I mean, I went for orientation. I didn't do any prior visit. I didn't really know what the campus looked like. I, I didn't know anything more than what I was told in brochures or what people had told me. And I remember getting there and I said, I don't know much about you, Oswego, but I'm going to make this work. And I made it work. Yeah, and you did. <laughs> and I, I took that same philosophy from Oswego to everything I did after that. I was like, I don't know what's in the cards at this place, this job, but I'm going to make it work. And I'm going to make it work. And I've just been making it work. And, and I would say to any students that are listening to this is that, especially now, it's this pressure to have 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 your plan and this all this clever marketing and branding and, and owning yourself and branding yourself and take your time you don't have to to be at the top of forbes list to be successful you don't have to be a billionaire to be successful you just have to do what is right for you and what's important to you a lot of times it's what we see in others or what we hear or what we see we should do but it's really it's always within and so you got to quiet the noise to hear, to hear, hear that voice. That is just great advice. Cameron, it's been so incredible talking to you. I mean, I knew this was going to be fun to broadcasting people. We could go for another hour. We could, and I could talk. <laughs> <laughs> but I have a feeling the ABC people are probably knocking on your door at this point saying, Cameron, <laughs> um, you can find Cameron on Twitter at Cameron E. Jones. Put the E in there. Or you're going to find someone else, right? Yep. And, or or uh, Cameron Edward Jones on, on Instagram. On Instagram. And, uh, you know, private message him and let him know that you're from Oswego. And uh, I'm sure he'll, he'll, uh, he'll, he'll get back to you. If you want to reach out with guest ideas, please find us on Facebook or LinkedIn. We are always looking for ideas from our over 90,000 alumni. And a special note to our producer, Liam, this is his last show. And uh, he is going uh, to North Carolina looking for a broadcasting gig. So we have another great Oswego grad that's going to be out there looking for a broadcasting job. So, you know, reach out to me or um, our Facebook page. Um, if you're looking for somebody like Liam, he's 
fantastic. I'm Dee Perkins, and we'll see you next time on the Oswego Alumni Podcast.